Welcome back to the News and Views Radio Network. We got the big gun with us right off the bat. Let me explain where we're at. We're at the 41st Annual Red River Basin Land and Water International Summit Conference, which is a good way of saying the water boys have gotten together that worry about, you know, where water goes, flooding, uh, the water supply, everything that involves water up and down the Red River Basin. And oftentimes, I forget to mention, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, and clearly Manitoba. And so Ted Preister is with us right now. Uh, Ted, good to have you back on News and Views. Joel, I always love coming on and, and having you out here, especially when we gather all of, all of the big players in the basin. Well, you grabbed the one from Minnesota right away. Do you want to introduce him? I'm thrilled to introduce We have John Jasky with us, the executive director of the Board of Water and Soil Resources. Been doing that job a long time, but one of the most trusted partners for a lot of entities throughout the basin as we work on water issues and, and, and land issues in Minnesota. John, good to have you on News and News again. Thank you. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Tell people what that job entails, if you would. Well, as Ted said, you know, it's water and soil, and land and water go together, right? In, the, in this part of the state and this part of the country, this part of the world, you know, it's probably more true than ever. You know, we talked yesterday about water issues, but we also talked about soil issues. Uh, you know, soil is a really important part of this part of the world in terms of growing our food uh, but it's also important that we keep that soil healthy for the long haul keep it in place is maybe the starting point but also making sure that the organic matter in the soil and other things that are important to sustain crop productivity but also to improve our water quality do you think at times john there's a disconnect between the guy going 75 miles an hour down the interstate and the guy that's actually out there trying to raise some corn yeah, I think they're all going at least 75 uh, based on my trip up here. But uh, you, you, know. you guys in Minnesota, you push it down too low. <laughs> well, we feel a little more uh, free when we get across the border to not pick it up a notch or two. Yeah. Um, no, I think that, you know, that is important. You know, we have uh, in Minnesota, it's true. I think it's probably true elsewhere. You know, our farms have gotten bigger, a lot of them, you know, uh, yeah. which means fewer in some ways, right? More acres being farmed by, you know, one you know, operation, I'll call it, because many of them are still family farms, which is really good to see, and that's important, too. Um, But it does have fewer people connected to the land, right, literally, in a day-to-day way. And so our challenge in the Basin is to, and the Basin Commission has really, you know, taken upon themselves to make sure that that's a priority to communicate to the non-people, I mean, the people that are not connected to the land, in ways that they can understand it, too, you know. So a farmer understands the importance of soil, but... A lot of other people, I think, uh, could also benefit from hearing more about that. Yeah. And, and Ted, I'm going to – I'm not blowing smoke here. We've known each other for quite some time. But that's that's the juggling act that you at times have to do because, you know, you've got people in this room behind me that are going to be speaking and listening that have water coming their way. Absolutely. And, and that's the big reason you guys are all together. Yep. Well, even as I speak, uh, the National Weather Service is in there giving the first – initial blush of what's the spring season going to look like from a flood or the opposite drought kind of perspective i'm i'm i can see the slides through the door there and that's an important component for all of us but you know yesterday we had all producers basically all afternoon farmers and ranchers talking about their work and and all of it's tied together and we we don't always think about that you know 
in our day-to-day lives. So this is a, a great opportunity to step back and really focus on that for a couple of days. John, in my life before all of this, I worked in water. Uh, I ran a, a real water district, and the one thing that was crystal clear was how valuable lo- water was mm-hmm. and water quality is. Um, in Minnesota, I think you guys take a back seat to no one when it comes to keeping track of your water quality. I mean, at times there's got to be some pushback on that. I get it. Uh, but the Red River, you know, as it makes its way north, uh, the folks up in, in Manitoba and further north, they rely on that. that. That's their source for water. Well, it is. And, you know, drinking water for communities, drinking water for individuals who got wells, you know, that's critical, obviously. You know, but water quality also has benefits for recreation, you know, for aquatic uh, species, you know, we're going to hear a little bit later. I know some more about, you know, sturgeon reintroduction into some of the streams, you know, removing the dams, making sure the water is clean enough and clear enough for those fish to thrive. Uh, obviously, you know, even Red River, you know, it's a very popular spot for, you know, on water recreation, you know, yep. and so, you know, we can think about the utility of the water systems we have, but there's also a community aspect too that we think is really important. Yeah. When, when you, when you take a look at, okay, Ted, you mentioned, you know, the National Weather Service. We had a wet fall. I mean, we did. And and to, to and then you look at what happened to us last winter. Everybody's like, okay, this winter's great. They're right. I mean, you go outside, you're not moving snow every day. I get it. But we got hit hard in January, February, and March last year. We're not out of the woods We're yet. We're not out of the woods yet, <laughs> I guess, is what I was building up to there, Ted. You're absolutely right. And, you know, it, it changes all the time. Every... Every winter is a little different from the one before, which means every spring is a little different from the one before. So uh, important to keep track of those things and have these discussions. John, do you think that egg producers are better now at what the goal is in terms of land and water stewardship than what they were years ago? And this comes from a guy who's the oldest guy at the table. I, I mean, I can give you examples of what my answer is, but... Do you see it? Because, I mean, this is something you were passionate about as a young man. I look at your your, your history here in terms of what you studied, and uh, this has been your life. I mean, do you think we're better at it now? I do. Uh, you know, you can see it. I mean, you can see examples, you know, little ones, big ones, you know, lots of different ways. But, uh, you know, farmers are reliant on water they also understand that it's important that they treat that water in a way when it gets passed on from their land downstream to somebody else's property you know in the red river valley there's been a long um long held attention to that issue i mean it started with flooding you could argue you know because of having to control water but now we found ways to control it in more ways you know uh, we heard yesterday, you know, about farmers that are doing really important soil health practices, also understanding the value of drain tile to help them do that part of it well, right? So you have that predictability into their operation. And the equipment that they have is now much more refined and can do things in a much different way that also provides benefits economically to their operation. You know, we talked about uh, no-till, uh, for example, you know, you eliminate the passes of equipment across that land, which yeah. protects the soil, which also, of course, means you're not using some fuel, which saves you some money, right? And over time, which you means build... means dirt isn't running off the field. Right. And, this, right. This, you know, over time, you build that organic matter in the soil, which creates, you know, the opportunity for a, a better cropping system with perhaps some fewer inputs. Ed, how big of a factor is uh, uh, 
you know, drain tile working into your overall conversations. So there was a man years ago when you were still wearing the uniform for this country, <laughs> serving in the military, that uh, Jerry Grunwald from uh, the ERC up in Grand Forks. Mm-hmm. And Jerry's argument was at a time when we were fighting this river day in, day out uh, to not flood Fargo and Grand Forks and losing every now and then. Uh, you know, Jerry's argument was we could use what he called the waffle plan, which is to be able to shut some water off here, hold it back here, don't let it get to the river that fast. I, I think of his plan every time I drive by some of these drain fields now on how that might even be used as a tool. You know, the drain the drain tiling farmers are doing can be good for us. I, I proposed a plan six years ago that was tiling a whole subwater shed, 26 square miles, and managing it as a system so that in a wet fall, you drain that water off, and that soil profile then has more capacity to store water in the spring. You know, things things have been goofy. I can't find anybody to pay for it, but I I think <laughs> I it's, just can't find anybody. I, I think it's part of the solution. I think it, you're right. It's got to be part of the solution. Everything that we do, you know, we hear lots of people that conjecture that drain tile makes the flooding worse. I could show you the studies from NDSU. That's that's not true, with the exception of a a few of those really big summer events, but those aren't the ones that are destroying cities. Right. <laughs> so that I, I'm always interested and, and always willing to talk about how do we do this better? How do we help farmers get over barriers to adopting those more conservation-minded practices that still keep their profitability up but provide benefits to the whole basis? So. What, what about, and, and John, I know you got to go speak in a little bit. In fact, let, let's take a quick little break uh, before I lose you because i got a couple more questions. Uh, but, I, Ted, I couldn't agree more that uh, a drain tile is a tool and a tool for more than just that farmer producing, and it's worth worth that conversation. So stick around. More is going to be coming your way live here at It's a Long Name. Let's just say we're at the uh, Red River Basin Annual Meeting right after this. Welcome back to News and Views as we come to you live from the Red River Basin Annual Meeting. It's the 41st, uh, again, do 41 of them unless you know what you're doing and people want to continue. Uh, John Jasky is with us. He's the Executive Director with Minnesota. Uh, and John's with the Minnesota Board of Water and Soil Resources. And Ted Preister is the head of the conference that's going on here and the Red River Basin Water Authority. Uh, guys, before the break, we were talking about what's good what new opportunities are out there john i i'm seeing less trees and and maybe it's just my passion for it that 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 makes me i'm disappointed but are you seeing that in your studies well you know i can't point to a specific study but you know because fields have gotten bigger you know it was over decades now not just overnight you know there used to be you know fence rows and areas where you could install trees you know whether they came naturally or whether people planted them Windbreaks around buildings and homesteads, you know, were a big part of trees, especially on the prairie areas, you know. Um, I would say that, yes, there's probably fewer trees. Uh, we know they're really important for, you know, conservation purposes. Generally, windbreaks we just talked about, uh, they provide wildlife habitat. They provide pollinator benefits, too, you know, which is important for our, our crops. I will say that we have seen more grasslands uh, put in place, right, which is, you know, a different kind of natural plant community, which has those same benefits, you know, and the grasslands actually are more compatible with prairie landscapes than, than trees are in a lot of ways. Trees used to be relegated mostly into the floodplains, you know, where we yeah. had the river systems moving around and the trees would or go the, there. Or they'd carry the seed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, 
you know, we'd like to see more floodplains restored, and that would be a good place to put some of the trees. Windbreaks are still a very important practice, and if you're interested in that, you know, the soil and water conservation districts in Minnesota are well-equipped to help guide that. I expect the same would be true in North Dakota. I spoke to somebody, Ted, out in western North Dakota recently who took advantage of and, and saw you know, saw a vision of what he wanted the land to look like for his kids and everything else, and he planted. He planted a lot of tree groves. He did. I just was really impressed with the effort. Uh, you know, they're a part of the ecosystem. They have been there, but they come and go. So, yeah. uh, you know, at least some of that is your perception. But there is some truth to the equipment gets bigger, the fields get bigger. It's, it's easier to to get the crops all there got to keep those things in balance but if we can find ways to augment that balance that's an opportunity and right. i think we're well more grasslands goes a long way for an old pheasant hunter like me but john i blame you and your department for not banning seedless cottonwood trees i just <laughs> find those to be the scourge of society you know so uh when when you look at where we're going to be in 10 years where do you want us to be well i think we're going to be further along on this watershed approach to things you know it's really been important in minnesota we really accelerated that of course the red river basin was you know in some ways started all that and and, you know and we've taken that a lot further now it's voluntary but there's money that flows to those projects that you know are in those watershed plans really important to get the local communities to understand support and then ultimately want to take action i mean you know, we're lucky to have in the basin, you know, uh, special governments that are set up like the Red River Water Management Board, the watershed districts, you know, that you talked about earlier that can help get things done on behalf of the people who live here and benefit from, you know, improving our water resources. You know, Ted, I think that that's, you know, having been on the board years ago, yep. I think that's the biggest success that you and others have done here uh, is is making people look to a watershed rather than a county line you know we we have our natural resource framework plan that has 13 goal areas of things the basic commission works on one of them is exactly that always fostering a watershed approach to whatever it is and so minnesota has a, a pretty formalized and that's that's the way their watersheds work and they've got lots of great plants manitoba is moving closer to that North Dakota, we still got a lot of county work, but the joint boards that work across those lines are doing yeoman's work yeah. at that. If you'd have compared it to twenty years ago, twenty years ago was not, yeah. but but we have a system that works in North Dakota and, and is getting there too. So uh, I I continue to talk about it, and we'll always be one of those guys that advocates for a watershed approach. But we we've come a long way over the yeah. years to to doing that really pretty well. I I think that. The, the the old adage of once out of my county, I don't care. The quicker <laughs> I can get it out of my county, the better. I think some of that's gone by the wayside. But where, to me, the beauty of your work and some of the other work lies in some of the projects you've had. Minnesota, I've, I've toured two of them now through Ted and his group, where the, the local farmers didn't like it in the beginning. And, and they thought this was all about ducks. and in the envir- And then now it comes in, and they love it. They see what it's done for the area, and it just seems to me getting word out about some of those projects is so important. Well, I think that's right, and we appreciate the time to talk about it on your show. You know, I think having people understand things is going to be always the first step before they support anything, right? So, you know, a lot of us are can't believe it till we see it either, right? Yeah. You know, that's where we're practical people, and I think that's part of it. We're making it a concerted effort to sh- show people, you know, pictures and stories and talk to people like you about these things because – 
once you see it in your backyard, you know, most people think it's a good thing. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, go up there. I have no doubt you're not going to make them sleep. Plus, you got them early in the morning, right? I mean, that's the key. <laughs> you got it. Thank yeah. you. All right, Ted, we're going to visit with you a little bit more later in the show, okay? You can count on it. Whether you like it or not, we're going to pull you much. back in. All right. Uh, folks, this is what we're going to do today. We're, we're going to talk about the future. We're going to talk a lot about what we can collectively do together. Stick around. More coming your way on News and Views.